Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Sweden. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Yay! Hey, Matt. Who are you? Oh, I don't... Oh, I don't know, actually. Welcome to the Sverige. Um, Lorraine, Euphoria. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my Swedish is god-awful. Considering the amount of Swedish TV I've watched in the last few years, uh, I really should... Yes, rush. everybody picks up a little bit from Melfast. Yeah. yeah. What's the word that they say? Nysjövi! So, we a Swedish episode, quite clearly, this week. Yes, and always lots to talk about in Sweden, so... Should we dive in? Yeah, we need to. So, the Swedish Melody Festival, and the 62nd running of it, took place on Saturdays from the 5th of March to the 12th of March. Four heats, a semi-final, and a final... They did plan to go back on tour this year. Their heats were planned in Malmö, Göteborg, Gothenburg, Linköping, Lidköping and the semi-final in Önsköldsvik. But in the end, all the shows happened in Stockholm. I don't think I was aware of this at the time. It was when I was looking, I was like, did they not happen in different places? The first three were in what used to be the Globen, now the Avicii Arena, and Heat 4 and the rest of the shows are in Friends Arena. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that at the time. <laughs> they were out about. So that's how much attention we were play, paying to the um, <laughs> the pre-show. But yes, uh, the it was hosted, the main host was Oscar Zia, who had different co-hosts with him in the different shows. Um, it was the Melfest format, but there were a few changes this year. Mm. So, so what we had was the fact that what we would have called the semi-finals were actually heats although they've been called Deltevlinger heats in Swedish for as long as it's been going on the Andra Shansen, the second chance round was renamed as a semi-final and then there was a final but actually apart from a few changes in how each show went there wasn't really that much of a structural change between the Andra Shansen and the semi-final. More of a name change. Maybe it was the new director, um, you know, executive producer, I think. The new Krista Björkman, whatever her name is, trying to stamp her mark on it. I'm not sure it went down entirely well. Mm. Mm. What happened, though, was the first, the top song in each heat directly qualified. Then the voting reopened. And then the next song also went directly to the final with the following songs in third and fourth place overall going forward to the semi-final and the remaining three songs thrown out there was a difference in how the votes were shown on screen as well so once the top song had qualified we then got the voting announced as per all of the individual age brackets Mm. and there are seven of them on the app plus the televoting 
I don't know if it really enhanced it. I think a lot of changes, a lot of this sort of new way of working um, and trialing things is down to Annette Hellenius, who's the, the new producer, as you said, the executive producer. I think there's this movement towards online, digital, uh, social media voting or social media sort of way of thinking. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's the direction. Maybe not this year that we're talking about, but in what's coming uh, is where the Melody Festival and show is going to be going. I'm, I'm, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think, But I think it is a case of putting putting your stamp on something after a very influential person has just left the show. Yes. In Christa Bjorkman. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the, the, the digital content that surrounds Melfest, I think, is really um, beefing up. You know, they've used the app for a few years, but they're driving more content through the app. They're driving more content through social media as well. It's interesting that there's now an English um, Twitter account for Melody Festival, and, and if, as well as them doing the English commentary um, available on the, the final feeds as well. But also some of the messaging around the official press releases and stuff like that was saying engagement, engagement, and that is terminology you use when you're trying to get people, you know, to interact on online and digitally. Yeah, I mean, it's a strategy. You can see that Eurovision is going in as well. Yeah. You know, with the, the the partnership with TikTok this year, for example. You know, there's, there's a really big and growing market on social media and on these kind of platforms. So I think you can see things going that way. It was interesting though because, of course, the app voting, which they're so reliant on now broke down in the first heat and so it was just the telephone and you could really see the difference because Cornelia Jacobs won the first heat and she got around 57,000 televotes but the winners of heats two three and four got between 1.2 and 1.7 million votes each because of all of the votes that were coming through the app, which of course is free, and you get multiple votes, so it was it was interesting. I'm not sure necessarily whether the proportion of votes would have changed significantly had the app worked in the first one, but this big sort of you know all singing, all dancing, this is how we do it, it all crashed in the first heat. So I think probably wasn't the best start to see the impact on the new format because of course what you were meant to get is the voting by each of the age categories. So I think it was a little bit screwed up. But I'm not sure it added to it. We didn't get a reprise of the two qualifying songs. No, that's the thing. That, it feels like a different thing, is not it? And it just felt a little flat because yeah. we weren't getting that. I don't think that was a, a sensible thing. But of course, we know what the winning song was and we're going to hear that in a moment. But what we were able to do this year was get back to the Swedish church in London. Thank God. And watch some of the heats. First time, well, I think there was a couple of early heats during the COVID time, but then it was all cancelled because we went into lockdown. And so it was really nice to go back. And of course, as we've done before, we like to get a little flavour of what it's like there. So we spoke to a few people when we were there on the night. So, Matt, tell us where we are. We are at the Swedish Church in London, Malibu, uh, watching Melody Festival and the final... 2022. 2022. <laughs> now, we're here for Melody Festival, but really... We're here to find out which songs are going to be eligible for Second Cherry. <laughs> uh, which, are, which 11 songs are going to lose yeah. tonight. <laughs> we don't care who wins, really. We have no opinion. Or well, we might have an opinion or two. Oh, and you'll hear our opinion when we get to the podcast. Yeah, which is now, even oh, yes, though we're recording is. this. 
So what we're going to do, we're going to get some Vox Pop, speak to some people and see what they think, their opinions. What do you reckon? Should we get into it, Monty? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so I'm here with Stefan, who organises the after party that we have in the pub over the road uh, here at the after the Swedish church shenanigans. Um, hey, Stefan, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Really good, really good. Happy to be here. What? Um, so, tell us a little bit about Melody Festival in this year. What have you loved about it so far? Gosh, I mean, there are two things. I think the main thing, to be honest, I'm just glad to be back here at the Swedish Church. It's something we all really missed last year, and it's been such a great crowd, despite the fact that. Lots of Swedes aren't here, unfortunately, because of Brexit. Um, song-wise, my the song I'm hoping to win is um, Cornelia, just because even though it's not necessarily the kind of song I listen to, I think it deserves to win, and I think it will do really well. Yeah, I think she's got a lot of votes tonight, actually, especially from the fans here. And tell us a bit about the after-party. What have you got planned? Is there a disco? I'm sure there's a disco. Of course. So, um, like always, we have an after-party with music playing, but this year we've got something a little bit different. My friend uh, Chris, he is doing video DJing. So, in addition to having the actual music playing, you'll also be able to see the actual performances from Melody Pasquale. Um, because, of course, Melody Pasquale it is a TV show, and so it's really nice to be able to see the the, the, the dance portion of the act as well. Nice. Okay, well, I'm going to let you go because you're running around like a, you know, trying to sit down, enjoy yourself, have a drink, and we'll see you at the after party. See you then. See ya. Bye. So, I'm here with Paul Jordan. Hello, Paul. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. We're here at the Melody Festival, and well, we're here at the church, the Swedish church for Melody Festival, and tell us a bit about, like, the experience. Like, what, what's happening? It's your second time here. So it's only my second time, and I'm a little bit excited and a bit nervous as well, because the first time I came here was 2020. That was my first experience and heard about this legendary church. And that was shortly before lockdown and, of course, COVID and all that. So it's my first kind of visit back. And that was also my last proper night out. And it feels like a yeah. kind of re- restart, a, a re-switch. Is that a word? Re-switch? <laughs> it is now. Give me a depressive element. And so uh, there's an after party as well. How do you feel about getting down with the kids? Um, I, I'm up for that. <laughs> and I sound like a really old man. <laughs> Uh, I am, uh, but no, um, yeah, I, I love it. The atmosphere is amazing, and as we were queuing up, there was the most wonderful lady who poked her head out, and she was the vicar. Yes. And uh, she caught me with my can of G&T, <laughs> nodded, made a drinking sign with her hand and gave me a thumbs up. So I think that's a religion I can get behind. Yes, absolutely. We're, we've been encouraged to drink, and we're absolutely okay with that. Absolutely, and I think it's what God would like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'm going to let you continue to drink, so have a good night. Taxi Mika. So it's not all British gay men who appear at the Swedish church for Melody Festival. We've got a real live Swedish woman with us as well. He, Sophie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> so you're here for Melody Festival tonight, but you actually come to the Swedish church quite often. I do actually. I come here to have like cinnamon buns and read the books, meet up with other Swedish people and just speak my own language for a little bit and connect with Swedes. So outside of Melody Festival, which is the six weeks that we come for, it feels like there's a real kind of nice 
community going on here yeah. in the heart of London. It's like a home away from home, to be honest. That's how it feels when you come here. Everybody's open and friendly and always welcoming. So it's lovely to come here. Just comforting to come. Yeah. And you're not that familiar with the songs. You haven't really heard the songs, so have you? <laughs> I'm very sorry to say that I don't know the, like, the entries for the Eurovision, <laughs> but I just come for the atmosphere, to hear my language, watch my own TV, SVT play and all but that. That's, so, that's great. So, we can't ask you for a prediction because you won't know, but we hope you have a very lovely show. Thank you so much. I definitely will. I've already been having a great time. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. So there we are. That's a bit of a flavour of what went down at the Swedish church, which we love on this podcast. So as Monty mentioned, uh, Cornelia Jacobs won Melody Festival in this year with Hold Me Closer. And I suppose we should have a little listen to it. So Monty, that's Cornelia. Uh, best song won? The right song run for Eurovision? Well, it came fourth, so it's difficult to argue it was the wrong choice. Yeah. Um, 438 points. Uh, in the semi, it got votes from all of the participating countries. And in the final, it got, um, it got points from all but five countries. It was slightly more popular with the jury. Um, in the final, it had 258 points from the jury and 180 from the televote. Um, it was second with the jury and it was sixth with the televote. So it combined to give it a final placing of fourth overall. Yeah, I mean, it's a strong song. Cornelia was one of many, many returning artists. Mm. Well, she'd been in the uh, in the girl band Love Generation. But there were so many returning artists this year, including Anna Berendahl, Liamu, Clara Hamstrom, Alvaro Estrella, um, John, John Lundvik, Linda Bengtsing, Lisa Muskovsky, Malu Pritch, Shirley Clam, Leela Sister and Robin Benson. Mm. It really is becoming like a, a sort of a who's who of the Schlager scene. <laughs> I mean, some of these artists don't exist outside of Europe, outside of Melfest. It, it does. It does. That's where the entirety of their career is. <laughs> but even outside of Sweden, like you know, I people who we think are so massive... And I'll go to work and I'll talk, you know, I'll talk about, you know, Clara Hammonstrom and they're like, what? Like, like, it's like, these people are big. They're big. But you're right. Just life. They're big life, melody life outside. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a success. I didn't really get the Swedish song. And I when it was in the first heat and everyone was going mad for it because we were in the Swedish church that night, mm. I was like, Really? I didn't really see it at all. I thought it looked a bit of a mess on stage. I thought she was missing all of the camera cues. Um, and it was only when she did the same thing in the final, I realised it was actually a choreography <laughs> choice. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to argue that it was the wrong song. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I'm just looking down the list. I don't, I, I don't think a song... I th- look, it's Melody Festival and I think Sweden were always going to have a good place at, at Eurovision this year. But I, I don't know if any song would have done better than her. I, 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 th- I really think she, it was the right choice and she nailed it at Eurovision. Oh my God, she <laughs> fucking nailed it. 
uh, especially that final performance where she changed and she went up by beautiful song. I, I, yeah, I, I, it grew, it, you're right. Did it have initial impact? Not necessarily, but it got, it got momentum. And I suppose people voting at Eurovision, it must have had impact because, well, proof is in the pudding. Yes. So let's have a look at what its competition was. Okay, so I'm just going to say before we kick off, we have had, we've looked at all of the Nordic finals now. We've done podcasts on three of them. If you're waiting for Denmark, don't get your hopes up <laughs> because we've we've cast them aside. We're not. Because they were rubbish. And I have to say, apart from Finland, I think that all of the Nordic finals were a little under par this year. Okay. There are some interesting and some good songs in the mix here. Some of which we've got in our final shortlist, some of which we just couldn't cram in because we're only going to talk about five songs. But I think overall, all of the Nordic finals were a little bit under par this year. I agree, although I think from Melody Festival and wider standards, it's not as good. But from last year, I think it's a better year, so I think they've improved. Oh, But okay. it's still not Melody Festival and Melody Festival mm-hmm. in my book. Yeah. Well, let's have a look at five of the songs. The first one we're going to kick off with is called Bluffin' by Liamu. You kick us off then. What do you think of Liamu? I quite like this actually. For all I've said, I think it's a weak year. This is one of the best songs for me. Um, it's about not being outwardly honest with your emotions, uh, maybe because it's too painful. So, you know, he's putting on his poker face and he's bluffing to everybody. It's really nicely staged. It's almost like he's on a little platform and it's framed at times a little bit like Benjamin Ingrosso's song was. I was going to say, I think, in fact, Monty, I think at the Swedish church, I think I remember turning to you saying, this is how Benjamin should have been staged, not how it was. Well, that's my note. It's kind of like Benjamin Ingrosso's performance, but good. Yeah. And he enhances it with dancers in the final. They weren't there in the semi-final. But it's got a club vibe to it. It's it's quite nice. There's a little bit where he's singing, though. He says, when the night turns to dust, I become so heartless. And I, I keep hearing that as I become so horny. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. <laughs> what does that say about us two, frisky beasts? I don't know. I think, look, Twinkie Boys do nothing for me, okay? But, oh my God, is he engaging. Little smile. I'm like, oh, you're you're a cheeky little scamp. Is that word again that we quite like? Mm. Cheeky little scamp. Vocally, it's not particularly a tough song to sing, actually. When you break it down. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but it's not though. No, it's certainly not for someone like Liamu. But he is performed well enough. The attitude of him though. This is what I really like. He really sells the song. And not in an overblown way or cocky little shit way. He Look at the song, you know. And, and if you look at the performance, you can see. Well, you can really be really cocky with this and come across a bit, you know, like, I know how good looking I am. But it's not, it's just the right kind of register. It's just, 
He's joined on stage of his mates. This, this is what I feel like. You're joined on stage of your mates, and it's basically a party on stage. It is a dancey pop track, as you've just heard. You'll only really find that in the Swedish national final, I think. But the way they staged it, his whole attitude, that they just got this right. Really, really good song. It's the first of his songs, and it's his third in Melfest that I've really responded to. He had a song called Last Breath in 2018, which finished sixth. He was a duet with uh, Hannah Fern in 2019, with a song called Hold You, which finished third. And then this finished fourth this year. So he's hovering around the upper echelons of the Melody Festival in final. And like many artists who do that for two or three years, it feels as though it's kind of like maybe, you know, Due a win. I say due a win because we talk about that in terms of Melfest. And I don't mean as in, you know, it's pre-planned and he's going to get it. But I, you know, it's kind of his popularity is there with the Swedish public. Come through with the right song. And I think, you know, he has a really, really good chance because he's already going to have some votes in the bag because of who he is. Yeah, and I think I think it's a case of certain, what you just said, the certain artists that if they turn to their record label and say, I'm doing Melfest, I really want to go for it. They're like, right, we're going to pull out all the stops. What song have we got for you then? And and he's the one of those artists that will be able to pull whoever, yeah. whatever he can get because he's a name. And I say that he's got points in the bag because that is how it works in Melfest. It, it's partly a popularity contest. So, you know, we look down the list of artists and we can almost go, oh, yeah, they'll get through. They'll be like, you know, they've got a good chance of getting to the final. They've got a good chance of getting to Andrew And Obviously, we don't know until the songs come out and you have to listen to the song. But even the app allows you to, you know, rate who you think is going to get through before you even heard mm-hmm. any of the songs. Mm-hmm. So they know that this is a bit of a personality contest as well as the song contest. But I, it wouldn't be surprising if he comes back next year. With a very strong song, from what you just said. Absolutely. Song number two, then, is My Way by Tona Sekelius. Open up your mind and stop being so Tony. Yeah, I really like her. Mm. She um, apparently is known as a social media influencer and a singer. Um, and she'd had three singles before this, but not really any sort of chart success. But I think she was known as a personality um, in Sweden and um, came out as a trans woman uh, in 2021. And I just think that, you know, that would have attracted some more attention, particularly from the queer audience um, of Melfest. Um, and I really like this. It's very, it's quite a basic song in a way. And it's kind of that t- tried and tested theme of affirmation and empowerment and strength that we see so often yeah. on the Eurovision stage or, you know, the Eurovision adjacent stage. But this just really works. And I think it's really presented really well. So she starts off on the stage wearing a Big Mac. I don't mean a burger. 
I mean, literally a big a mat. trench coat. And like a trench coat, but it covers half the stage flowing behind it. And you know that it's setting up for a reveal. <laughs> and sure enough, it comes off and she's wearing a beautiful ball gown um, underneath. She strides from the stage across the satellite stage. She's really commanding this performance. And it's just quite triumphant at the end. It's a butterfly moment, really. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just very endearing. I mean, it is a bit of a basic song, but I think the momentum grew for this and the affection for Tuna grew because she seems really likeable. She's, you know, very smiley, very positive in her performance. Um, And I have to say, I heard this at Eurofest in the RVT and it was cracking in a club environment. I was... I was like, oh, this is really, really delicious to listen in this kind of environment. So, yeah, well done, Tuna. I really like it. Mm. I like that you've done it your way. Absolutely. It is a bit of a grower, I think. When I, when I heard, you know, oh, it's a, there's a trans influencer who's... I, I immediately, and wrongly, I immediately was like, oh, an influencer's turned to singing. But, oh, my God, uh, she can sing. She can absolutely sing. There's a great vo- vocal here. And after seeing it a few times and seeing how well it is staged, and it is staged to perfection, as that, that's how you stage a song like that, I just fell in love with her. Genuinely, I think she's amazing. As I said, the butterfly moment, ripping that off, I think, I think you know what you're doing in staging. Let's give her a moment like that. People will appreciate that for what it is. There's something that reminds me of Conchita Wurst's first attempt in the Austrian national final, where I think she came second, but we had her in second cherry mm. that year. And again, that was a kind of, it was a, it was an empowerment song. She didn't win. She came back with a much better and a much more competent song. And I don't know, there's something about Tuna that says, I think you've got this kind of like, you know, look at me, I'm strong song out of your system. I think there's, the opportunity for her to come back with something a little bit more sophisticated as a song and potentially do really well. I mean, I'd love to see it. I do have to make the point that Conchita Verst has vocal talent, which is exceptional, unbelievable. And I'm not quite sure Tona has that, but but you're you're right. The right song doesn't. You don't necessarily have to have that that level of vocal talent in order to produce a, a performance that people are going to be absolutely dying for. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I was meaning more the kind of you know the the thematic yes uh, sense. It reminded me of uh, you know of, of how that worked rather than like comparing the artists. Of course, they're both queer artists, yeah. so you know they, they there's a similar stable um, in that sense. Mm. I posted about this at the time on my own personal socials um, from the Swedish church, I think. But while, especially in this country, in America, but especially in this country, in the UK, while we're all arguing with transphobes and, you know, arsehole international selling authors, I don't know, reading to that what you want, Sweden have just quiet, kind of quiet, I mean, it's Melfest, it's not quiet, but just literally just put a platform up and said to this trans performer, there you go, do you want it? It's yours if you want it. And it's all about celebration and celebrating who this person is. The song, you know, does that as well. But, you know, I would argue that that's when you put something to the public, there's much more public support for trans people than it feels from areas of the press. Yes. I mean, we've we've got areas of the press in the UK 
that are pursuing an anti-trans agenda. But if you look at the public's response to trans people, and I, I, I accept this goes back a little bit longer, but, you know, you put people to a public vote, Dano International, yep. absolutely loved and supported. Our Big Brother programme here um, had a trans woman called Nadia, yep. who just very cleverly came out as trans in her video going into the house, but didn't disclose her status to her housemates. The public absolutely cherished her. We had documentary series following a half dozen or so trans people called My Transsexual Summer on Channel 4. People really took those people to their heart. There's much more love and support and affection from the public as a whole than there is from the noise that's being in the media. So this doesn't... There's a parallel here with that. It's not a contrast um, yes, it's a parallel. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's just it's just really nice to see an artist just put on a platform, doing what she does ordinarily. And I say bravo. I really enjoyed it. So happy she was involved this year. The next song is called "Bigger Than the Universe" by Anders Bagger. Let me just introduce Anders, um, because people wouldn't necessarily know him as a performer, but you apparently will know some of the songs he's written. He is a producer and a songwriter. Um, he's also known as a judge on Idol in Sweden. Um, he's less known as a singer, but he's worked with Westlife, Janet Jackson, Celine Dion, Madonna, Santana, Jennifer Lopez, Anastasia, Jessica Simpson, Samantha Mumba, Enrique Iglesias, Ace of a huge list of wow. people. Absolutely. He's been involved in Eurovision before. He produced um, Sephora with Drip Drop um, for Azerbaijan in 2010. And also um, When the Music Dies for Sabina Babayeva in, from Azerbaijan in 2012. So he follows the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But apparently he also won a, um, a Brit Award or a BM- BMI Award. Um, best pop song for All Night Don't Stop by Janet Jackson. I, I am astonished at that. That he's yeah. like, because like, that, that's not no mean thing. That is massive artists time and time again. You're that's a great career in your chosen field. <sighs> yeah. You know, by any measure. Absolutely. But he's also known as a, you know, a TV personality in, in Sweden as well. What did you think? Knowing what we know about him, I have to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed. Let's start with the staging. I felt like having... Look back at the performance and you'll know what I'm talking about. There's like stock footage that is on the background of like flight. You know, it's a drone flying over trees. flying over, And it's just a bit like generic and there's not a lot going on stage and that's okay i'm okay that you don't need to you know i don't need belled whistles fireworks don't need to be punched in the face i i everything needs to be you know rightly sort of for the song and the performer and the performance but he's just standing and singing and i don't think for me this is for me musically i don't i don't think it's 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 my wheelhouse it is a little bit shouty at times i have to say um i'm not really connecting 
with the apparent story behind him as well. There's a whole PR thing. Cogs are turning in the PR world for him. I'm not sure I really uh, are on board with it. Monty, your thoughts? Well, I don't know what that is either. I yeah. didn't, we didn't... We're not close enough or Swedish proficient enough yes. to know really what the link between him and the Swedish public is. Because, my God, the Swedish public took this to their hearts. They, yeah. It really struck a chord. It finished second in Melfest overall. It was a number two hit in the Swedish charts. And there was something very much made of how emotional he was after the semi-final performance. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, I may, be, I may have got this completely wrong, but I believe he may have spoken publicly about sort of mental health. And that obviously endears people um, to a yes. personality. But you're right. I mean, the, the performance is just not there for me. I mean, that backdrop of like nature and waterfalls and snow and, the, you know, the entire globe and the cosmos. And, and then there's some woodland scenes. I mean, there's a deer comes on at one point and I just wanted to scream, run, Bambi, run! <laughs> I, I mean, it just looked a bit ridiculous. But, you know, lyrically in this, it, it's just a little bit, it's a bit twee and it's a bit OTT at the same time. Yeah. So... For me, the lyrics are over-exaggerated. The, he, in it, he sings, I'm sitting here on my apple tree. There's a guiding light shining down on me. I can see the dawning of my life bigger than the universe. I'm sorry. If this is a bit self-aggrandizing by the lyricist to write a song like that. You know, your, the dawning of your life is bigger than the universe. I'm sorry. That's just rubbish. And then it goes on. Here my heart is beating like a symphony and every word is poetry. I'm sorry, the words in this are not poetry. <laughs> you know, it goes on to say, we are, we are reaching for the stars. We are, we are bigger than the universe. It, no, it, that's not poetry. And this really grates on me because of what it's trying to say and what it actually is. I want to say bollocks, but because it's a song about everything being bigger than anything else... I need something bigger. So I have to say hyperbolics. <laughs> and that's what it is. There's just too much hyperbole in this for me. I've just had a thought as we're talking now, Monty. If the UK had a national final and this was put forward, and I, 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 maybe it's because it's bigger than the universe, so I've immediately, my mind's gone to uh, bigger than us, Michael Rice. <laughs> if this was put up as a song in the selection for the UK in a national final... We would be. How would we react to this? Really, we would be like, oh man, right? Well, if you if you study the lyrics, yes, as a, as in as a as a song presentation. I mean, oh, it's the presentation. I mean, no, we would be no like, way. oh my god, no way. So I'm really interested about what it was about the Swedes that struck a chord so much that this was so popular. And I think that was apparent in the voting because when it got to the voting of the international jury, this was only sixth, although it won the televote. Oh, ooh, ooh, I didn't know that. So this I, was I... the song that the Swedish public wanted to send to yeah. Eurovision. And for me, this is a classic example of somebody having, somebody being an artist that there's something about them which makes you relate to them because you know them domestically, but put it to an international vote and nobody has a clue. And there's nothing there to elevate them other than what you see and hear. There's no backstory. There's no affinity. There's no kinship. There's no empathy, whatever. 
It's just that performance. And the international jury clearly rejected it. Mm. So in that sense, maybe the international jury is doing its job. Because if that had gone to Eurovision, there's no way it would have done anywhere near as good as Cornelia Jacobs did. Song number four then is Medina with the song Inim Diman, Into the Fog. Monty, I <laughs> I do love big songs with big production and this fucking bangs. I'm sorry, I I love this song. I am a lover of a big boy too. I was just thinking <laughs> that when you were reading off your list of big because I've got that in my notes as well. A certain side of me is appeased, but we're not gonna concentrate on that side of things because it's oh, I am. depraved. But uh look as a song, I really enjoy the chanty bit um, and that carnival chorus, that carnival dancehall beat that comes in. I, oh, it really gets me. I think that's the crux of this song. I think it's great. It's a party from start to finish um, and they had me from the start. And also there was, talking of PR, there was a bit of a cute story around them. They fell out. Um, they weren't friends for a while. <laughs> and then they got back together they did the song and then they're on stage and here they are just having a party on stage. And I quite like that. Quite like They're quite open and honest. And also, you know, when you have a positive story like that, you make sure you bloody well tell it to the Melody Festival and audience. I really, I've listened to this song so many times since the national final. I still listen to it now. It's on the playlist. I do not skip it, which is always a, a little litmus test there. Great song. Very happy about this. Me too. It has bags of energy and I love that. Um, I also like that it's not just the same old slick pop routine that we're so used to at Melfest, um, which I'm getting a little bit fed up with, to be honest. This feels fresh, um, and I think it would be lovely to see Sweden send something like this, which is embracing elements of the multicultural society that Sweden now is, and occasionally has some difficulty with. But I think this just would have been a really nice unifying song to send. It would have been lovely on the Eurovision stage, really nice and up-tempo. And yes, there is that nice thing about seeing a big boy with a beard up on stage. I'm very much here for that. Look, I, I know... Both of them, actually. Well, yeah, quite, quite. But look, I know look, we, look, I know we joke about this. I know we get our, you know, we pull out our gay card and like, oh my God, he's gorgeous. Whatever. But actually, we are talking about representation still. And it's like, you just don't generally see these bigger guys. Or if you do, they're kind of like moody. There's a certain style of song that you get in to something like Melfest with. And this was just pure joy. You know, you're, you, you're doing it for me. You're doing every, the song, the look, the vibe, and, and everyone's on their feet. It, was a, it really just completely just wiped the slate clean, I think. In the national final, um, it kind of got everyone up on their feet. Yeah, I think you're right. It does kind of, you know, challenge the stereotypes that might be there around particular communities, particularly the notion of masculinity within some of those communities as well. Um, it's it's an absolute joy. I am going to say that on the one hand, there is a little bit of the 
schlagification of the kind of North African Arabic song uh, sound in this. But at the same time, it's fun. And it feels like it's on the right side of celebrating that culture rather than appropriating it. Let's see them back next year, please. Let's see more of them. (laughs) Well, we think that, yeah. (laughs) And the final song tonight is... Run to the Hills by Clara Hammerstrom. I've got a little facts about Clara Hammerstrom as well. I mean, apart from the fact that she was uh, in um, Melfest in 2020, mm-hmm. but she failed to qualify the uh, from the semi-finals. She was in she was in Melfest 2021 with Beat of Broken Hearts, and uh, she got to the final with that one. But my fact is not about her song. My fact is, did you know that she is part of a reality TV series called The Familian Hammerstrom. No. About her family, about her twin sister Selma and their eight other siblings and their parents. Oh my God. Is she like the Swedish... She's a Swedish Kardashian. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's a Hammerstrom. Yes. Okay, I did not know that. No, I didn't know that either. I mean... I can A lot makes sense now. A lot suddenly falls into place as to why it's a bit ridiculous. Her get up sometimes is a bit ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, well, Would you like to take us through the song? Uh, well, it's almost like she's She-Ra from He-Man. Uh, <laughs> She-Ra returns in the form of Clara, apparently. The beat, it changes from this to that throughout it, it and it, it does make it more interesting but i am a, it, it it's a weird uh composition i think vocally clara's actually really strong i mean we can joke about reality tv whatever but actually vocally she is very very good we know this from the previous centuries and actually her last song i really liked and probably better than this one, if I'm being honest. Because it is a little bit dated, this sound. Once you've done with the first chorus, you kind of get it, right? The choreo. Let's just talk about that. We know... Well, let's just talk about the theme, first of all. Okay, you just do that. Because it's kind of about um, facing your demons, which she says in the song. I'm going to run to the hills. I'm making it on my own. I'm facing my demons. Here I go. Um... (laughs) It's just a little bit trying. Her demons here seem to be a broken heart, but they are actually embodied on the stage by a dancer dressed like her, who's dancing around her in a bit of a taunting manner. Well, it's kind of like a yin yang. So she's dressed in red fire, and her dancers more uh, verdant green. Almost, it's, it's like a, it's a mirroring of her, isn't it? It's meant to. Be, it's, it's, an, it's an alter ego. Yes, it's kind of it's it is this kind of you know manifestation of the demons that she's she's fighting, quite literally in the choreography <laughs> as it goes on. So there's a part, isn't there, where she it's the the song sort of slows down a little bit. You close in on the focus on the camera, and she's repeating the same thing. She's repeating that you know she's gonna 
fight her way through this thing. And then she literally pushes her dancer over. And if you were to imagine the most (laughs) comical way that somebody can fall over, right? Imagine that. Imagine the slapstick comedy falling over. That is exactly the way this performer sort of falls like a goalkeeper trying to save a goal. I... It is... Like, please watch this. You have to watch it. Oh, my gosh. Pause the podcast now. Click the link. Go watch it. And then come back because... Oh, my God. Clara... It seems to sort of deploy her magical forces. <laughs> well, she is She-Ra. <laughs> <laughs> By pushing her hand out to the side and literally banishing the demon away. <laughs> She's like, it's just the most comedy pratfall. I mean, what was the choreographer thinking? What the fuck was the choreographer thinking? This is terrible. She gives a little wry smile before she's doing it. And I wonder whether she just knows, especially at the point of the final, where she's like, oh my God, here I go. I've got to push this. Yeah, I think she knows. I mean, if this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen on a Eurovision adjacent stage. And my God, have we seen <laughs> some ridiculousness. We've sat through 27 heats of a Lithuanian national final. <laughs> and we say that. It's just, oh my God, what... Whoever choreographed this needs never to work again. (laughs) Well, certainly not with Clara. Uh, Look, Clara's better than this. Clara's better than this, as her previous entries into Milfest suggest. Song's okay, bit dated, weird, weird performance. So anyway, they are the songs that we're considering for Sweden this year. But before we tell you who has won, there's this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. The point in the show where we just want to highlight something positive that's happening in the fandom. And this week, it's the fact that this Barcelona preview party has been announced. Three nights of partying at the end of March. And so far, they've been... They've announced some pretty good acts, actually. Barry from Spain. Oh, I love that. Dami Im from Australia. Destiny from Malta. Effendi from Azerbaijan. Polly Genever from Bulgaria. Ronella from Albania. Susie, of course, from <laughs> Portugal. And Urs. So, all Eurovision queens. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> This just sounds so much fun. I mean, there's so much going on now, you know, between the the submission date and the start of rehearsals, all the pre-parties, London, Israel, Madrid, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, you know, Barcelona now. There has been Latvia, there's been Moscow. It's probably not going to happen next year. But yeah, I just love this. I love the fact that these are all fan initiatives. And I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I may be wrong on this, but I think this might be the brainchild of our friend Jakob, who was responsible for the Euro Club at Hiroshima Mon Amour in Turin mm-hmm. this year. And my God, were we thankful for that. I think it might be him who's on the committee, at least, or the organising for it. Because this is what he does. He's yeah. a promoter. Um, look, the, the guy knows what he's doing, as has been proven. I hope he's making money from it. I don't, oh, I I don't, so. I don't often see yeah. that about people. Like, but actually, <laughs> when you do a bloody good job, 
and you provide something that is I mean look at those artists well, he is a club promoted by his job yeah. so you know this might be a little bit of a side hustle because you know Eurovision is a passion yes but you know certainly through his day job this this is what he does and listen three days of party in Barcelona what the hell is not to love about that well absolutely we've all been there before <laughs> uh, I well look I don't know I don't know if we'll go next year well I, I probably won't go next year but Bloody hell, I'll, I know I'll be missing out. I'd love to. Yeah. We're going to have to plan. There's so much happening. We just can't do everything. But if you can, it sounds like fun. The Barcelona Eurovision Party, um, which you can find out more information about at bcneurovision.com. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Matt, tell us what is the Swedish cherry for 2022. Well, look, it's Melody Festival in Sweden and we know we're going to disappoint a lot of you because the, the standard is high and my God, was this difficult to choose. But we have come to a decision and the Swedish cherry this year is In Idemam by Memedina. There you go. Yeah, something different from Belfast this year. And I think all the better for it. So Medina there with the Swedish cherry for this year in Idiman. So before we tell you how to get in touch with us, just a reminder that by the time this episode goes out, tickets for the live final might already be on sale. If not, we've been informed they should be going on sale by the end of September. We don't have a date yet or... You know, they may already be out. We don't know. But check the socials. Check our socials, which we'll give you in a minute. And check Eurofest socials, Eurofest UK. So you can get in touch with us at Twitter, at Second Cherry. Instagram, at Second underscore Cherry. Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. Or by email, which is... Hello. At secondcherry.vision. Hello at secondcherry.vision. Do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We will be back for the next episode, but we're not going to tell you what it is yet. Aren't we? No. Oh, okay. Because I don't actually know which one it's going to be yet. Okay, we won't then. We'll keep it secret because we're mysterious like that. And we haven't made our minds up yet. (laughs) Well, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Although, we have picked most of the songs, so it's not like, it's not, it's not through tardiness or laziness. We just, it's it's bloody hard making this podcast. Yeah, well, we may have picked all the songs if we decide to cap the limit at what we already (gasps) are. Monty. Which we might, so. (laughs) How many more of it to come? You'll find out soon. Thank you very much for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye.